Hi guys, it's Dr. Beard. Welcome to um, Self Care is the New Healthcare Podcast. And uh, today we're going to be talking about um, this is really the introduction into a series on weight loss and, and weight troubles. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to go over where people tend to go wrong. And um, the topics that you'll hear today or the, the reasons um, and the areas where people are going wrong, we'll be talking, each one of those is going to have their own podcast. So we're going to just basically, we're going to, you know, kind of skim over them real quick just to give you a heads up on what we're going to be talking about, um, but also provide you some information in this as well. These are the common pitfalls. The common pitfalls. And this is why 95% of people who try to lose weight are not successful. Or at least long term. They might do it, you know, initially, but then mm-hmm. it comes right back or they never really lose that much weight at all. So anyway, before, um, before we get started, you know what we got to do. The Hellroys. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't smoke no blood, man. I don't do no drugs, man. It angers up that blood, man, so I don't do okay. no drugs. Okay, um, before we get started, this content is for informational and educational purposes only. It's not intended to provide medical advice. We take the place of medical advice or treatment from a personal physician. I'm not your personal physician. No. Okay. Get that out of the way. I'd be so glad if I didn't have to say that, but unfortunately I have to. I guess start with diet since it's the one people think that food is the most important thing. Oh. Okay, food is important, all right? Diet is important. That's a big part of why people have weight issues. No, no doubt about it. I but mean, it's the only thing people focus on. Yeah, but that, yeah, everybody wants to thinks that that is the only thing that matters, and that is so far from reality, at least the reality I work in. Um, and the, you know, because we work with patients all the time with weight issues, um, we've been doing this for a long time. Well, it's it's a, a downstream issue of something else going well, on. It's a we we have an epidemic of obesity right now, and it's and it's not in just impacting adults; it's impacting our our children and, and young adults at rates that we have never seen before. Well, I think you always like to tell people that it's a um, a downstream symptom. Then mm-hmm. and, and people don't look at obesity as a symptom of something else. They think that is that's their diagnosis. Well, so that, it is a diagnosis. It has its own ICD-10 code. Right, obesity, but it's is, still which is a symptom of a of immune dysregulation and metabolic derangements. And so uh, diet is a big one. It is certainly not the only one. Well, let's just go over it real quick because I get so many questions. Um, what's the perfect diet? And we're going to be going into this much in much more greater detail. Yeah, there'll be another podcast on this. But we get so many people asking us, you know, what is the perfect diet? What should I eat? It, it, they, it's, it's that same mentality that we always talk about. It's the pill for an ill mentality. They just, they, Instead of a pill, they think it's some perfect food. food. Yeah. It's some perfect food or combination of foods. It's all of a sudden all the problems are going to be solved. And if you eat them at this time of the day with your lights on, and you're wearing green socks, then that might work. I mean, <laughs> it gets to, it's like, okay, well, back up now. Hold on. When we do our next podcast That's on this, a bit extreme, but it's, you know, it's the, the carnivore diet, the lion diet, the keto diet, the paleo diet, vegan diets, vegetarian diets, and they're all screaming so loud and all showing a little bit of data why they're successful, but it's really not, um, you know, no one's stepping back and understanding. Of course, if you are eating a, a horrible diet and you switch to all meat, 
you're probably going to lose weight because you're well, not eating processed foods. That doesn't mean it's your, it does not mean that's your diet. That's your perfect diet. But they, they switch to meats that are not quality meats. Well, yeah, but okay, the, so there's, well, there are other just, issues. Yes. That, so, and, and they're eliminating entire food groups is not the answer. Stop doing that. Stop I, jumping on the latest and, and greatest diet craze. There are places for these diets therapeutic wise, especially mm -hmm. like a ketogenic diet. Those work great for people who have seizures or who have extreme metabolic disorder that can really get things back in line real quickly. But then you cannot stay there indefinitely. No. Okay? Well, they, they, they think you'll be they... eliminating a lot of key food groups. I mean, I'm on Twitter and it is, it's, it's actually become not fun because I'll try to put out something common sense. And then the, especially the carnivore people are just so um, vocal about this being perfected. And I was like, well, okay, I'm, I'm not going to engage in this, but I, I, I want to say point to any place in our history that we ever did this. Cause believe me, if, if, if all meat was the way to go, someone would have done it. Well, you don't know that. Yeah. We, we have a lot of information. We'll, we'll cover that in that next podcast of why this is such a, a fallacy. I'm having great results. That's great. It's still a short-term intervention. You're also not but looking. They, your... And they only look at the result of weight loss. They're not considering all the other issues that they have or new ones that develop while they're eating all their meat. Oh, I it's know. Always, it's always this narrow focus, weight, 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 the number on the scale. You know, and, that, and that's the only thing that matters. There are a couple of doctors. They're never out, associating you. No, there are a couple of doctors out there right now that are, are, are spending a, an enormous amount of energy working out and, and, and proving that the carnivore diet is correct. It makes me laugh. They're also representing meat companies. It's like, come on. Just, I mean, you just have to follow the money. The money. How many times do I have to tell y'all that? And please stop focusing so much of your focus. What did that, what did that just say? So much of your focus. Okay. Um, I thought I read anyway, um, on calories. Calories, calories, calories. What's the cal? How many calories? Start focusing on quality. The calories in an avocado behave very differently in your body than the calories from a Coke. Mm -hmm. Okay, the, the, you could eat 100 calories of avocado and 100 calories of a Coke, and they're going to behave very differently in your body. One is going to contribute to inflammation, and the other one is going to um, contribute to not inflammation, well, this anti inflammatory. Yeah, this, this is the whole low, low carb craze where a bowl of Cheerios is just like a bowl of sugar. Yeah, okay, I get that, but an acorn squash is not the same as a Coke. Yeah, um, it's, 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 our food is so much more than calories or protein or fat. Those are macros, okay? Carbs, fat, protein. Those are the macros people want to look at too. Nobody's looking at the quality of their food or considering how these things truly impact um, your immune system and your GI tract and its microbial inhabitants, the microbiome. And that's where the money's at. The, the three big truths are not all carbs are equal, not all proteins are equal, and not all fats are equal. Yes. I mean, and they want to think this. There's but, so many different types of fats and they behave differently in the body. Just like your carbohydrates, there's all kinds of types, of, all different types of carbohydrates that do the same or, or act differently, I should mm -hmm. say. So let, let's stop oversimplifying this, please. Well, and, and 
they, the timing of these foods kind of leads into the next one because you know you, you want to talk about exercising and, and that's probably the next big mistake that people make. But you know I, I'd like to put a little common sense. These these huge anti-carb people's like, did you look what athletes do? I mean, in the, in the Tour de France, they're not gulping down some fat or protein. They're eating a steak while they ride. Right. They're burning those. And there's a point, there's a good example where glucose is a good thing because they need it right, right then. In. So it's immediate. Why would you eat meat to break it down to sugar to use it? So there's no perfect diet. The per the diet for you is called your diet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that takes, and that takes a little bit of strategy to determine what is best for you. And I know people are, are now doing these genetic tests to determine whether or not you should be a vegetarian. And I call BS real quick on that. Right. Okay, please don't. They're, they're, everybody thinks they've got this, these um, genetic tests and, and this is what we all should be. We have not figured out the genet our genetics yet. Well, it's so much more complicated than, oh, this genetic SNP here, this polymorphism says that you should be eating nothing but vegetables. That is asinine. It is asinine. And it's... And these, this is being done by people that should know better. And these are doing by people who want to sell genetic tests. True. Anyway, um, moving on, because we, we're going to talk a lot more about that. The next thing that I see people making huge mistakes with is over-exercising. If a little bit's good, a lot's got to be better, right? Mm -hmm. That is so not the case. I see so many people who are struggling to lose weight. And they come into us, they're like, I'm doing everything right, and I'm not... And I'm not losing weight. It's got to be my hormones, you know. And, and I'm like, and then you start looking at their history, and they're doing, you know, CrossFit six days a week, or they're doing like intense cardio two times a day, and and um, they're they're just always running, or you're doing some type of extreme cardio workout. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you're not losing weight. You're stressing your body, and this is putting you into a fight-or-flight mode. You're in, this is placing demands on your body that are really, really high, and it stresses your adrenal system, and that starts, uh, you know, uh, producing more cortisol and adrenaline because you're you're making you're, you're demanding that it do so, so that you can continue to work out like this, and it starts impacting all kinds of things. Yes, your hormones are going to be impacted. I, th I think the best thing to prove that is professional athletes don't particularly live a long time. You're not going to find very many high-level athletes that make it to 100 because they're, they're stressing their bodies. What they're doing is remarkable. I, I admire it. And I, you and I both were high-level athletes early on. I was a, a college track runner. You were twice Arkansas's uh, amateur cyclist, female cyclist. Did lots of adventure races, 100 miles plus endurance races in 24 hours. Um, and then I've, I've done 50 mile uh, trail runs. You know, these, I can so tell you. So we have pushed our bodies to the limit right. and beyond. And it's fun and there's there's rewards to it. I'm not talking. Yes, <laughs> didn't feel so rewarding at the time. But you're not going to have that competitive athlete that's going to make it a long time unless they retired or, or relatively um, early age because they're stressing their body. Yeah, and it's just, and that's please. So if you're if you're if you are somebody who is constantly you know just increasing your workouts and making them more strenuous, I'm telling you to back off. I've been there, and in fact, I um, brought this story up to my. I went out to eat with some friends last night, one of our health coaches and another friend of mine, 
And I told them, you know, I kept a pair of jeans that I had in medical school back in 2005. And I've had them in my closet and I put them on the other day and they still fit. Okay, and back in 2005 is when I was um, starving myself and exercising, running long, um, lots of miles, riding my bike all the time just to stay thin. Mm -hmm. And now I look at what I do and I don't, I eat whatever I want, but I focus on the quality. Right. What you eat, what you want, that's quality. You're still not throwing junk food. Your no, body. I'm not. I'm not consuming junk food and I'm not exactly. I'm consuming um, high quality food and I'm not putting in near the miles that I was back then. We do bar classes, weight training, and we ride our bikes, but nothing like I used to do. Mm. And I'm still fitting in these jeans. No well, problem. Well, and the same thing for and I'm me. I'm like, wow, this, thank goodness, because I could not keep up with that. That same thing for me. I always used running as my ability to, to hammer back my weight whenever I needed. And it worked, but it was a lot of work. It takes up a lot of time of the day, too. And, and, it, it, ha and it has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. But then I injured my hip. I can't run anymore. I adopted your exercise plan. And I'm at a lower weight than I was when I was exercising. And we were still exercising a lot, but we have plenty of rest. Say that I don't exercise nearly as much as I do. Oh, no, I've, taken, I've taken a much more balanced approach to it because I mean, what I used to do was crazy. I mean, so we're putting in you know 50, 60 mile bike rides mm -hmm. five days a week in the heat, in the heat, and then training for adventure races was I would run, then I would ride in the same day, you know, to try to get to prepare for these things. It was ridiculous, and I and just Ugh, cannot believe I did all that damage to my body. Well, anyway. I mean, it was, even in college, with our the coaches didn't even understand this. I wish I would have known now what I... Oh, I know. We would have been such but, better athletes. You know, during cross-country season, they would have us doing um, well over 100 miles a week in running. We'd run, we'd start every morning with a five-mile run. That was just our... So we had 35 miles a week of just baseline. You get up at 5.30 in the morning, we'd run. And then the evenings were either uh, interval workouts or our long day was usually 16 to 20 miles. I mean, we just were not allowing ourselves to heal, except for the people who were doing steroids. <laughs> and and that's the, that was the game changer. I, I refused to do it, thank goodness, because I it would have... Well, I, I knew the health dangers, but you know that's how these people are getting around it. Well, how are these top-level athletes training so ridiculously? Steroids, it is the... Um, the magic that that allows your body to heal at great cost, though. So, what other you, know, you want to go into stress now in general, or what do you want to cover next as far as the pitfalls? Um, you know, we we since we just talked about how exercise is stressful on the body. I mean, your body, your your brain can all it, it really doesn't determine where your stress is coming from, whether it's emotional, you know, mental or physical your body's still pumping out cortisol and adrenaline and it's going to backfire on you. Um, the, uh, adrenal issues and fight or flight mode um, causes all kinds of metabolic derangements in the body. Your body is not gonna function correctly when you're in that type of state. Um, and so a lot of people underestimate the amount of stress in their life and the source. And a lot of them don't deal with it well, which even makes it worse mm -hmm. and so um, what my health coaches and I do is we just try to bring that to the front for the patient 
and like have them really think through it objectively and, and, and come up with ways to better deal with it and eliminate it. A lot, a lot of the stress we have is because of us people. A lot yeah. of it is self-induced and unnecessary, but I know there are times when it's not, okay? There's, we, life throws things at you and there's no way to get out of it. You have to just march through and deal with it and know that better days are ahead. Um, but there's, but there's always ways to deal with it better during those times. Well, last night we just needed to get off of Twitter because that's a big stressor right there. We're, we're getting stressed because we disagree of so much what's going on and, and it's like, it gets us and angry. You see all the useful idiots just, just soaking it up and it just gets to me. And so that's stress. Yeah. What about we, you and I've talked about this and I, I was blessed that I had a great childhood unresolved trauma, mm -hmm. psychological. Um, yeah, childhood trauma is a big one, and it's something that our coaches know how to deal with. But that can manifest. recognize. But that's stress that has bubbled up for decades. Yeah, and a lot of people um, are, aren't, don't recognize how it's impacting them today mm -hmm. in so many different ways and impacting their health. Is this un, these childhood traumas that they had not really dealt with appropriately, and they can really come back and do some damage on your body. And that has to be addressed. And, and counseling is usually a great way to do that. And then, of course, just being sick and chronically ill, you're, you can't deal with stress well. So infl inflammation is stress also. Yes. So that inflamed do loop is actually... So when people are healthy, they're able to handle the stress that occurs day to day much better. You know, if the toilet starts leaking when you're healthy, it's like, okay, let's call the plumber, let's get it fixed. But if you're just overwhelmed, chronically ill, it's just a major ordeal and it will just, you know, throw you for a loop. I think there's a lot of people also who unintentionally create chaos and stress in their life. <laughs> there's a lot of drama queens out there. And, and, that, and kings. Yeah, and kings too. And that, you know, that has probably some deep-rooted issues that stem back from childhood, unmet needs and everything, which again, childhood trauma probably plays a role in that. So it's, neglect, there's lots of ways that that can play out. Well, and right now, people are experiencing uh, stress through loneliness. Yes. Because of this silly lockdown. I mean, people are going through un unbelievable amounts of isolation. This is a new experiment. We're not supposed to be isolated. No, we're, we are social. We're human beings. We're supposed, I'm not saying you have to have a party every day. And, and I, we all need our alone time. I know I need more than most people do, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's because I work with people all day. Um, you know, so we all need alone time, but we also need interaction, human interaction. That, and that is being taken away from us right now. That unless, greatly, unless you're protesting and then it's not. And it's a, it greatly impacts your health, yet they're just ignoring this, that, you know, the, the loneliness is stress. Um, Over-exercising is stress. Uh, inflammation, just being sick is stress. Childhood trauma is stress. Uh, what are we missing? I guess sleep is the one you yes, want to... Yes, sleep. Please, let's talk about that one. Um, this is stop what... shortchanging yourself on sleep. Because it's, it, lack of sleep is stress. It, it, yes, your body, when you, when you, are, um, when you have a, a night of poor sleep, your body actually um, produces more cortisol the next day in an attempt to keep you awake, you know, so that you don't die doing something stupid. So it's trying to keep you awake and alert. This is wired and tired. This is the wire, and that's, well, I mean, some people have trouble falling asleep. Some people 
have trouble staying asleep and both. Um, and it, again, sleep is a chicken or, or the egg scenario. Inflammation and metabolic derangements contribute to poor sleep and poor sleep contributes to increased inflammation and more metabolic derangements. This is why you say all these you know, hormones, all this is downstream of this. And you know, people want to focus there, but really all these simple upstream things are the key to all this. Yes, sleep, I mean, deep sleep is necessary for your body to repair itself and take out the trash. And if you're not getting good quality sleep, that's never happening. And um, toxins are continue, continue to build up in the body. Uh, you're, you're not able to take out the cellular debris that needs to occur regularly. Mm-hmm. And your body's not going to work right. And we often see people start, you know, packing on the pounds. It's, it's a shame. And you tend to crave carbs, too. Yes. When you're sleep deprived. And I know a lot of you have probably experienced that. I know I do that. Right. I crave caffeine and sugar when I have not slept well. I think if you have any doubt that how stressful lack of sleep is, it is the starting point for most torture. First, sleep, sleep deprivation. Step one, that's keep you sleep deprived. Then we'll start messing with you. And then, you know, we you can will find... give up. You will give up. You will give us the information, whether it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> you will give us something. Yeah. And, and so if you know they use it for torture, you, you, you can pretty be, that's a pretty good indicator that it's probably stressful yeah. on your body. And we're going to have, uh, you know, we're going to talk much more in depth about... Torture? No, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you can do to improve your sleep and make sure that you're doing everything you can to ensure restorative sleep. And a lot of you are doing a lot of things wrong. So okay. I, I don't think any, I think that people probably understand that diet and obesity and maybe some start to understand exercise. They don't get it. They think more is better. It's, right. Now we're getting to things like sleep, but that is also going to pack on the pounds mm-hmm. because of the cortisol do loop, because of all these things, the, the hormonal imbalances it occur. It causes inflammation. My dad was a, a shift worker for 30 years, always sleep deprived, had a quadruple bypass at 59. Mm. We know this about shift workers and people who work. His body was always stressed from lack of sleep and it showed up as plaques in his arteries. Yet your genetics, which are similar to his, yes, and you have no cardiovascular disease, and the difference is you didn't do sh- well. Fortunately, you didn't do much shift work. And yeah, you, I did you, some. But it caught, and I saw her health decline mm-hmm. during those two years that you were in the ER, and I was like, you, you got to get out. This is because they'd have you work, uh, and this is the medical profession doing this to their own employees, a day on on nights. Skip a day, next day you come 24 on. 24 hours. Or doing 24 hours. I had a, when I was doing my OB rotation, delivering babies, I delivered 14 babies in one night. But I, you were on, you were 24 hours on, 24 hours off, 24, and that was, I did that for three months straight. So how, how do you get the health profession to teach us the right things to do when they're doing this to their own? And, and, and wearing it like a badge of honor. Yes, that's, that's where it really irks me. It's like if you can't stay up for 72 hours straight, then you're a, you know what? Yeah. And there are some people, I'm not really saying everyone needs the same amount of sleep, but you really have to step back and be objective. Are you waking up on your own? This is our own health community that is still this whole mindset of, you know, we're not only are we smarter than everybody else, <laughs> we don't need as much sleep. We are superior beings. See, we don't need sleep. We're smart. 
you know, so we don't need to eat or use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get so busy that you don't. Doing everything wrong, and this, and the, you're our mentor. I just, I just remember being in these shifts and in these, you know, on these rotations and, and working nonstop, never eating, never sleeping, and God forbid you have to go pee because that was just. Go ahead. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, wet myself? When we do our podcast on sleep, you, you, there's so many things that you can do. It's not sleep aids, but there, we call it sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. But you'll go through all that. Yeah. It's it's common sense, but things that a lot of people just miss. And yeah. you, you really should most mornings wake up refreshed. Mm-hmm. And uh, not need a nap in the middle of the day. And not need an alarm. Yeah. Be great. I, I don't need... I love it when my, my circadian rhythms are so tight and just on where I don't even need an alarm to wake up. I wake up at the, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time. That means that... And my body feels great when I'm doing that. When it's working like that, that's when I, have, I feel the most energized. My brain is clear, and I am just ready to take on whatever life throws my way. I mean, allowing the circadian rhythm to dictate what you're doing it so, seems so common sense, but almost no one does it. And unfortunately, this is modern life. We use our alarms constantly to get where we're being jolted out of. Yeah, who wants to start their day like that? With a, with a nice, fresh uh, uh, adrenaline boost from an ant, eh, eh. But a lot of it has to do they didn't go to bed on time, this, just trying to be Superman. Well, you know, and they're on their, their laptops and computer screens and getting all that nice blue light right before they're trying to go to bed. So we'll talk a lot more about that. What's next on this list? Well, I can't read your notes, so you're going to read Oh, I've got yeah. I know. She has really pretty, messy handwriting. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Yeah, and just people not making the connection between uh, weight issues and obesity as an immune dysregulation issue. Mm-hmm. It's inflammation, people. Okay? Start thinking of weight, first of all, as a symptom of immune dysregulation, not of one of lack of willpower. Okay, I know a lot of people who have tremendous willpower, eat very little and, ex- and, and exercise, and they can't lose weight because it's much more than that. Well, and I don't They're th- doing a lot of other things that are causing inflammation in their bodies. Right, and I don't think people understand that inflammation, I mean, it's, it's everything. This, that is the bane of our health. I mean, your immune, uh, our immune system is responsible for so many of our chronic problems today. I mean, we, we were designed to push ourselves to allow a little bit of inflammation response, which stimulates the body, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But we, went, we blew right past that to being a constant state of inflammation, yeah. which is obesity. It's, 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 an, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. The immune system must be in balance. I mean, a lot of the foods we eat are actually things that stimulate that mild immune response, and people don't understand that. Like, that food's bad for you. It's like, come on, that's a step back from that. Let's, yeah. let's see if it's not. Or, but the, I, I see it when I'll feel if I've eaten poorly. Usually mine's stress or, or eating poorly. But if I have an inflammatory, you know, a, a few days ago I was inflamed, and I was just amazed that how poorly I felt, but also how... Bo- my, my weight only went up about a pound and a half because of the inflammation, but I felt much heavier. Mm-hmm. I just felt, ugh, you know, like I felt inflamed. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how good your body feels once you clamp that back down. I know. I know. So, 
Um, so that, that's one thing I just wanted to point out real quick. And, um, and also the fact that adipose tissue or fat cells, okay, secrete inflammatory cytokines and estrogen-like properties, metabolites. Was that a dog burp? <laughs> Bo just burped. <laughs> Bo just scrubbed down and burped. Okay. Um, and so not only, you know, you start accumulating fat through whatever means, through, you know, whatever lifestyle issues you're, you know, not understanding, but that fat, that, that fat tissue is secreting inflammatory cytokines, so it's even making you more inflamed. So you got to get this stuff off. It's just contributing to more inflammation. I mean, the cytokine storm is really is what kills you with COVID. Mm-hmm. That, that was a tipping point for these people. They had uh, most of the people who are, you know, uh, succumbing to, to COVID have a lot of immune dysregulation going on. That made, they made them more susceptible. Diabetes and obesity is the main one. Or they have some type of COPD. You know, that's just a chronic inflammatory condition as well. So they're, they're, they were already off kilter, and COVID just kind of like tipped them over. Yeah, they had no, no ability to absorb that additional. Right. right, their cup was full. Yep, and that cytokine storm, it overwhelmed them, and unfortunately a lot of people died from that. It's, you know, but that's... All right, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Oh, right. <laughs> um, beat that horse to death. Thyroid, I think, is, I mean, I can't, it's amazing how many people have thyroid issues. And a lot of under, under-treated thyroid conditions because um, lab values, you know, functional medicine physicians. Was that another burp? He's just down here burping okay. and throwing up water. There's a the way that functional medicine doctors interpret lab values, especially thyroid lab values, is pretty different than that of conventional medicine. Um, and so we, we tend to be a little bit more aggressive in our treatment. But at the same time, whenever we have, we see somebody who's got thyroid problems, we're all, first thing in our mind is why? Right. You know, yeah, we need to treat it, but we also need to uncover why your thyroid's not functioning right. Because yeah, yeah, that, that's associated with weight problems. An under-functioning thyroid is associated with an inability to lose weight or or you start putting on weight. Okay, so why is your thyroid not functioning right? And they, there's lifestyle is a big one. Well, the people I follow on Twitter are mainly PhDs, MDs, and they posted one, and they put their patient on a, a low-carb, short-term ketogenic diet. It, it improved everything. And I like this doctor because it was a short-term intervention as opposed to a long-term. But then they went to their endocrinologist who said, oh, that's great. And immediately tried to get them to go back on their old diet. Back on, they got them off statins, got them off metformin, got them off a number of meds. And then the endocrinologist went straight back and said, well, I need you to do this and try to put them on the exact same diet because, that they were. Well, because of what? Their numbers didn't? Well, they, they acknowledge that the numbers improved. They acknowledge that things were better. I don't even understand but he, that. Because it's the same. In their book, it says you're supposed to eat this. So it... Oh, yeah. Please do not take dietary advice from physicians. They get minuscule amounts of education. And the education that they get is terrible. Right. I've been there, and I got the same terrible information, information when I was a dietitian. Yep. Okay, it was, the, it was really, they don't know what they're talking about. 
they might be, you know, they, they might be more lifestyle minded and they might eat, you know, eat their vegetables and stuff and, and tell you to do that too. But that's about where it stops. Far and away, far and away, the most disliked physician that we come across from our patients is endocrinologist because they only look at lab values. They, for some reason, are very hubris. They just dismiss their patients. This is what we're going to do. You'll come to with good results or lifestyle changing results and um, they'll just ignore it. Like, well, well that's not proven and I want you to back on this they've synthetic. Been, they've been called the accountants of medicine because they just deal with the numbers. I call them something else. Yeah, well, we can't say what you call right now, but um, I don't know why they're so, but that's just, that's just how, that's how they're educated, that's how they're trained. They've put it's some the of our, numbers. They've put some of our patients into tears. I know. Because I know. they're so convincing. Calling, they, they ca calling you, them. calling you a quack, you're gonna die. I mean, it's it's and amazing. They, I know the things that they say, and I and the patient is like, but yeah, I feel better, and he's like, and then he's trying to convince them otherwise. And I, this is this is crazy talk, and yeah. I don't know how we got here with a profession that is so close-minded to everything that is counter to what they learned in medical school. When you have some of them, we've heard these in talks, definitively say diet does not impact thyroid. And I'm like, holy, I mean, we have, we have changed people's or, lives with dietary interventions. And a well-known cardiologist saying that diet plays no role in your health. Yet, if you just exercise, that's all you need to do. And yet he constantly over-exercised and was okay, constantly just, inflamed. Before we give that away, let's just move on some I never, I never say names. Okay. Yeah, but you're going to get just enough information. <laughs> no, well, fortunately, this this is so pervasive throughout yeah, medical. Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, you can't. You really can't narrow it down. This is all of them. Yes, I know. So uh, the thyroid is a large portion of our of our of we our. Have, we have an epidemic of thyroid problems. Right. But and I but, have a lot of ideas about what's going on with that. You want to go through a few of them? Um. Well, it's, it's a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. Right. Okay. That just, you know, a lot of lifestyle issues, and again, we, we, get, we say this all the time, is what, person A could be, um, person A and person B could be eating the same diet, the same horrible diet, but person A develops hypothyroidism and person B develops depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just how they express their inflammation. And that's a hard thing to understand that the same cause is because of genetics, you know, they're, they're, that's how their genetics are. There's one's prone to develop thyroid problems. The other gets depression. So the exact same exact cause can manifest as two completely different symptoms, yes. but allopathic medicine treats by symptom. Exactly. So yes. how are they going to nail the cause? They never do. That's why most of the pharmaceuticals they prescribe really don't help most people. And it's, just make matters worse. It's treating that symptom. It's right. not. It's quackery. They call me the quack. I just like. What do you call yourself? You know, this is just crazy. How they have just um, bamboozled everybody into thinking this way and scaring patients into taking pharmaceuticals that they don't need. The I'm telling you, fear works. Fear is a tactic that 
works for so many people, and we are dealing with that right now with this COVID mess. Yeah, fear has paralyzed people, and they can't even think logically. No, they don't, they don't understand that if you remove the bad, put it, in the good, your, your bo- body will work it out. Your body's amazing. Almost always, it'll but work it out. But you can't let it get to a point where all the wheels have fallen off, and then expect a functional medicine doctor to put it all back together in two weeks. And we have—that is not fair. I have that talk with people who are older, polypharmacy, just too far down. I was like, we could definitely help you with the quality of your elderly anymore. Well, yeah, that's. And I was like, we can help you, and we'll improve, but the wheels have come off. This is. There are people in their 50s and 40s that are on multiple medications. And that is just sad. I'd be embarrassed. I I'm just, sorry. Why is this acceptable to people? Because everybody thinks everybody's on pharmaceuticals. That this is the way to go. This is what you have to do to be healthy. So it's like getting a brand new car, but I've, I still have to put um, fuel injection cleaner and all these additives and it's brand new. That's makes no sense so your body is only 40 years old but you're using all these defensive measures like what how can we not back up and see that's not logical right. um because they're, they're trusting their physician who get, their who physician get, is i'm sorry is not a health expert and who's getting their information from pharmaceutical yeah the pharmaceutical company because they have such a heavy hand in our curriculum and it's true i mean it's true it's, this is not some conspiracy theory. It's true. Well, the new gu- the new dietary guidelines came out, and they're still bunk. After all these recent revelations, it's like, really? I thought maybe we'd have a cathartic moment where Are we, we admit get the truth from these people. They never admit they're wrong. We're not ever going to get the truth from these people, and but, they never, they never, yeah. I mean, it's, it's admit that when they're wrong. Hey, you want to gain someone's trust? Admit you were wrong. And why do we keep trusting these people? Are we that? Do we forget that easily? Fool me well, 50 times, shame on. How many times do they have to get it wrong before you're like, hmm, I don't know that I'm trusting you anymore. All right, so we've, we've hit on some more reasons of why we're all fat. <laughs> so, what, okay, so, yeah, and then just the whole pharmaceuticals and immune injections, that's what I like to call them, okay? Immune injections? Immune injections. Um, instead of the V word. Yeah, instead of that... Um, the, the word that's going to get all the trolls to come out and we'll get censored. So these things either directly or indirectly contribute to immune dysregulation. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them do. They're manipulating the way your body works in a way that's really not natural. Well, correlation is not causation, but my generation got 16. Immune? Yep. Injections. And we're up to 72. That's not 72 individual shots, but In that's account. 72 doses that are multiple doses. But Over a lifetime. Over a lifetime. So 16 to 72. I don't want to talk too much on this. I'm going to be 56 in December. The younger generations, they're experiencing more of this mm-hmm. than my generation is. Yeah, a lot more chronic disease in our, in our kids these days. And again, Unprecedented cor- amounts. And again, correlation is not causation. But at least it'd be talked about, and it's odd that any discussion gets shut down. And that's just one thing that's contributing to her chronic disease. Mm. You know, there's lots of, you know. Other pharmaceuticals, yeah. It's not just the injections. No. It's also the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Um, this, this Band-Aid approach. I, I just got off the phone with someone earlier today. You know, he wants to become a patient, but bless his heart. He's just, he gets it, 
but he just doesn't. He's scared to take that step. Yeah, and he's like. He's afraid he's going to die of a heart attack if he dare, you know, deviates from the cardiologist's plan. But he goes, I know that all these pills taken together have to create some chemical reactions. I said, yes. And guess what? Your doctor doesn't have a clue about those. Okay, we leave that. We leave that up to the pharmacist to tell us about those. We know some, okay? We know the major interactions. We're taught those. But when you have people taking five medications at once, you don't know what's going on. No, it's... Because everybody's different. Well, you, 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 these, these drugs are tested one at a time, and even then they have a tremendous amount of side effects. Start doing that with five, 10, 15, you 20 have drugs. no idea. It is such a toxic storm. There is absolutely... there is. Deep blue, the, the, the IBM computer still couldn't compute because no. there's so many different reactions. In, in the ER, they come in, you know, on 20. I think the, I've had a person who was on 23 different pharmaceuticals a day. That's a meal. I know. 23. And I, it took me forever just to type them in the computer. I, I've talked to so many people that their entire latter third of their life is basically just medicine. Just it's, going it's, it's, to doctor's appointments. Doctor's appointments, pharmacy. taking pills. That's what they do. Yeah, that's, the, it's, it's, it's their life now. The, the kids are out of the house. What do I do now? Um, you know, I go to the doctor and I take pills. I was like, you poor, poor bastard. And I mean, then I see, you know, the people on Facebook who have to talk about every single one of their medical problems, you know. but It becomes I, their identity. It is. It be, it, it's I'm really a, this p patient, and well, I'm, I'm dealing with this. Yeah, but, you know. Anyway. But it also contributes to obesity because it's... It, it's it's causing immune dysregulation and it's 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 inhibiting uh, all kinds of metabolic pathways to manipulate this lab value, okay? But what's it doing to the rest of your body? Not, it's not good, folks. Not, not good. Okay, and I'm not... There are medications and pharmaceuticals I'm glad we have. But those are typically for acute issues, okay? Right. They're life-saving things. Insulin's a good one. You know, things that I used in the, in the ER to get people's blood pressures up or to stop anaphylactic reactions. Those are good. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the, this, the pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals we're now using to manage chronic disease. I think one thing you taught me that was, and as an engineer and just good science background, it was eye-opening that our bodies are really nothing more than chemical reactions. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people understand that. They think more of heart and liver and big, but it's going down further. Oh, it's just like just you and I right now, tens of thousands of, of reactions occurring right now to do what we're doing. All kinds of messengers and, and chemicals. We have to have and nutrients. Those are the inputs we always the talk about. We have to have nutrients to do that. And you have to consume these nutrients. Some of our bodies make some of these. But, but we have to be consuming them in our diet so that, you know, and, when you, and in a way that makes these reactions, <clears throat> excuse me, occur like they should. So it, logic would dictate if you throw in, you know, hundreds of other chemicals through pharmaceuticals, or I'm sure we're going to talk about toxins here soon, mm -hmm. that you're just screwing with God created this beautiful chemical reaction. I know, the body is amazing. And it's yet, beautiful. And now we're adulterating it. It is so complex and beautifully so. And for us to think that we can just manipulate it with this pharmaceutical and, and, and all will be well is quite um, godlike. 
Well, cor- again, <laughs> correlation is not causation, but we, we, we've got you, we've you got, got to start putting two and two together. Yeah, right. And we've gotten further and further away from God, and our health has gotten worse and worse. All right, moving on. Um, oh yeah, the use of synthetic hormones this is a big one for a lot of women who are on. Back to the endocrinologist. Well, and the OBGYNs too, who put you on synthetic hormones to to um, balance your hormones. You know, that if you're having hormonal issues and you're not in menopause, um, there's a reason for that, and you need to address those reasons and uncover those reasons and address the root cause before you just throw synthetic hormones at it. And there are women who go through menopause with minimal issues. Yes. It doesn't always have to be the awful, and I know it is awful for some of you, but there could be a reason. (laughs) Yeah, and because I know there's been studies done on women who live in third world countries who are, don't have the issues that we here have in the U.S. and other industrialized nations when it comes to menopause. Right. Those hot flashes and, and the bitchiness and, and all of that. Um, there's a reason that happens. Um, and there's, so you need to research that before you just let your OB-GYN throw some synthetic hormones at you. And, and the same goes for the bioidentical hormone replacement also. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I would much rather you use bioidentical hormones. I think they mimic your natural hormones far better. Than the synthetic stuff. Well, you get T3 and T4. Well, that's just thyroid. I'm talking about um, progesterone, estradiol. Testosterone. Testosterone. There's synthetic forms of that that are on the market and covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. They do not act like your body's hormones. They don't, folks. Insurance won't cover the bioidenticals. They sure won't. Why? It's not patentable. Right. And therefore, it's a level playing field. And they can't make their money. Again, follow the money, folks. And so with the thing with the, the BHRT, which we do mm-hmm. for our uh, menopausal women, whether it was surgically induced or just age-related, um, there are times when it can help your symptoms, and we want to do that. But at the same time, we're, we're giving you the lowest effective dose possible while we're trying to work on your lifestyle issues that are contributing to the reason why you're having all these hot flashes and mm-hmm. things like that. And then usually we're able to wean our women off their their BHRT when we do that, and then put them on something like DIM, which just helps um, uh, estrogen metabolism. I mean, we've had to we've had to fire patients because they want to stop there. It's like all I want is this. Like, well, you're not a good fit. Yeah, then. I, you're, that's risky. What you're doing is risky. Throwing hormones at somebody while they're not addressing their diet, their stress, their exercise is not that's not good medicine. No. And we've used this in another podcast, but I think it's so important to tell. A, a dear friend of ours passed away, and I blame the testosterone clinic that he was going to. And he, you know, we, he was, his testosterone made him feel great. He got, he was in his 70s and was getting ripped. And I was like, that's great. And he goes, I feel so good. I said, but you're trying to give blood to, in order to, because your hematocrit level is so high that blood was so thick it was so thick it was viscous he could barely donate blood and that was their solution instead of as opposed to reducing or eliminating the testosterone donate blood Mm -hmm. he he died what and this was you know and it it is it's it's he was in love with feeling young again and feeling strong but at what cost and so this is when we say you cannot stop there. There's there's reasons. But he did not want to give up his beer. And that was the reason why, his, probably one of the reasons his testosterone was so low. 
the dude loved to drink beer. Mm -hmm. So he used that as a way to feel good. Then once he felt good, you never so could he, stop. Nobody ever addressed the root causes of why his testosterone was low. Or give him the absolute smallest dose that he needed. Right. They, these clinics, and they come and go. Mm -hmm. This quack, it is, it is, is evil. So, um, oh, anyway, it's another niche market for medicine. Are, you know, they cut out thyroids willy nilly. Are hysterectomies also uh, done as bad? Uh, yes. Uh, the, the women that are getting hysterectomies now, they've gotten a little bit better because they're not taking most people's ovaries now. They're just taking the uterus, but that's still disrupting, disrupting blood flow to the ovaries. And we know that people who have these, uh, you know, hysterectomies at an early age have shortened lifespans. And they're just, oh, you know, it's, it's usually done to excessive bleeding or their, their um, menstrual cycles are so messed up and they're just having a lot of problems, but it's usually excessive bleeding. They'll just go in there and like, well, we just need to take this thing out. You know, take, like take, that, just take it out. Take the thyroid out, take your gallbladder out, well, take your, your uterus out. You don't need these things. I mean, how, what, it's just, it's crazy how young they will do this. And I'm like, before you have that cart that that uterine ablation or that partial hysterectomy please seek out a functional medicine doctor you know why they do it because they're not feeling good and they're grasping at straws and they have a doctor who's telling them this will solve your problem it, yeah, so it, why would they believe it? it it solves the excessive bleeding but then all kinds of other problems are still there and more and the new ones develop one thing you always push that i admire no matter who the patient is and how argumentative they get is like there's always a reason for whatever condition you have. Nothing just, the idiopathic term is, 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 is BS. It doesn't just happen. There's always something that caused it. There's something causing that excessive bleeding. Sometimes there's, we can't. We may not be able to figure it out, but there's always a reason. At least you should strive to figure it out as opposed to, who knew? Yeah, and, and, but the doctors will say, you'll be fine. You'll be fine without that. Don't, do not, do not accept that as an answer. Mm. Please. It's not, you know, they think that the uterus is just, you know, for childbearing. But when they go in there and, and remove it, they're disrupting the blood flow to the ovaries. That's not good. You need those ovaries. They still need to be producing hormones. It serves a very vital role for women's health. And if hormones are messed up, your weight's going to be messed up. Or could be. Yeah, well, it's just a, it's just a you know, a, a anytime you alter the balance of whether it's an endocrine function a hormone function, what have you, it's going to impact. It's just a balancing act between all of these players in the body. The body function and to be, you know, to be healthy, you're just, it's finding a balance with all these things. So there's many causes to these problems, but what is, is toxins, we hadn't got over toxins, is that probably the, the, smoke, the yeah, smoking yeah. guns that causes a lot of these? High toxin burdens. Yeah, and, and this one just kind of, gets very little attention because we're we're told that you know we we trust the EPA mm -hmm. you know and the FDA to that they would never allow these things into our environment or into our foods and beauty and health products if they harmed us would they well they allowed 50,000 of them that was the latest data you gave me yeah, I think it's even up to like 60,000 new um, chemicals have been introduced into our environment over the past what, 60 years mm-hmm and that's for the EPA's website. So I don't know how we're going to be, uh, how, how we can evolve quick enough to deal with all that. And then the FDA allows 10,000 different chemicals into our, in our food, in our food packaging. 
And we are consuming this. We are eating this. And toxins, can you can eat them, and you can breathe them. They go through your skin. It doesn't matter. Everybody wants to think that if you don't breathe or eat them, then you're fine. If They can go through your skin. A lot of these can. And you can absorb them that way. It's in your water. It's in injections. It's in your <laughs> certain injections. Yep. Yeah. So, and if you think these aren't having an impact on your health, you are delusional. Of many of these, um, particularly the ones that are, well, almost a lot of the toxins are endocrine disruptors. They directly impact the function of your endocrine system. And in essence, a pharmaceutical can be considered a, a toxin, especially for long term. And a lot of them are. Mm hmm. You know? And they will fight it to the very end until the lawsuits are exhausted and then they finally give up and then they'll rebrand it with a slight change. They but this was the good one. You know, so you've got... We're seeing it play out right now with statins. Yeah, and then and then, and then then just, of course, like um, your antibiotics, like ciprofloxacin. These things are causing tremendous harm for a lot of people on their mitochondria. And it's starting to gain a lot more traction, thank goodness. It's called getting... It's called floxing. Mm -hmm. There's these fluoroquinolone antibiotics. Cipro, Cipro tends to be the most offensive one. Levaquin is also bad. But people have experienced, have become disabled after taking just one dose of these things. And we don't, and know, we don't know why. It's, they're, they're susceptible for some. They've got some type of genetic polymorphism that's making them more susceptible to these. Or they might have had some, you know, their mitochondria might have already been... You know, not functioning like it should prior, and oh, that just kind of tipped it over. Yeah, they get so mad at you when you say, because they'll say, I was perfectly healthy until... Well, then why were you even taking that to begin with? Yeah, you know? and that's never the case. There's things that you're just not aware of. Yeah, and that, but the thing is, is a lot of these pharmaceuticals, they're, they're given without any thought of genetic susceptibilities, susceptibilities and polymorphisms. They treat us all the same, and this is what happens. This person takes this medication. They don't seem to have any problems. This person takes it. And now they can't even walk. So, folks, are you kind of starting to see why weight loss is difficult? Because you have to look at it holistically. You have to back up and do work on all these things. The cool thing is all these things that we talk about, they overlap so much that it's eating correctly and exercising correctly and sleeping correctly and avoiding toxins are not that difficult and then that takes care of so many things the it hormones does. the gi it issue does. it's self-care you have the ability to to take control of your health and be healthy you do stop buying into this mindset that you have to be going to the doctor multiple times a year and on pharmaceuticals to be healthy that is that you're 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 not going to be healthy doing that no and folks you know uh, we use a car analogy because for some reason most of you take better care of your car than you do yourself. But just imagine if the mechanic only worked on one aspect of your car, just, just the transmission. It's still not running right. Well, we'll work on the transmission again. Well, that's the definition of insanity because, you know, trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome, that's insanity. They need to be taking, putting that car and take, you know, doing di running diagnostics on it and seeing where things are going wrong. What's the root cause of your transmission problems? Well, and it, it could be so many things. And also do an investigation on how you're driving this car. Yeah, and the what environment. You're put, what you're putting your into car. it. Yeah. I, I don't care how, you know, what type of gasoline you're putting in your car, but if you drive it full, 
full blast down dirt roads constantly. I never change the oil. You know, it's going to have problems. Right. You know, you're, you're stressing the system. Can I mention one thing before we um, end this? Sure. When, just because we're on the high toxin uh, burden. Um, something else is very toxic that women are putting into their bodies and have been doing for a long time. Breast implants. Mm. I cannot tell you how harmful these things are. They are causing a lot of problems in women. Um, you talk about immune dysregulation. This is this is the mystery illness. The, these are the women that get labeled as crazy, and we just don't know. And it just seems to, it's just a mystery. You've got breast implants. These are foreign objects in your body that contain all kinds of top, top types of toxic chemicals and heavy metals in them, and you're you're wondering why you feel the way you do now. Well, and, it's and we see a lot of these. It's called just look up breast implant illness. Well, it 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 also it's not just just any f- implant, whether it's breast implant or anything. Or titanium hips. Yeah, they all have the ability to be attacked. They all have the ability to have a, a biofilm develop and, on yeah. them. They all have the ability to to attract black mold. You've had you've seen breasts that have they do. They remove them and they're just covered in black covered mold. Covered in, in, in mold. And um, it, you start working with these patients and you'll look at their timelines. And I mean, we ask this we ask this question of all our, you know, of our, our female patients is, do you have breastfeeding implants? And then they say yes. And then you start looking at their timeline of when things started going awry. And you're, you're like, whoa, okay. I, I always tell them to get, I mean, I just don't trust these things. They're ticking time bombs. Well, they have a 10-year lifespan from the time that they are made, not until from the time that they are implanted. 10-year lifespan. And I don't care if they're saline or silicone. They both are detrimental to your immune system. Because it's a foreign object. It's a foreign object, and they're made out of a lot of nasty stuff that your body is... is um, seeing as a foreign invader and, and mounting immune responses against, and then they develop these biofilms on top of them that are then um, interacting with your immune system in a very negative way. And a lot of these women will develop all kinds of, they'll develop autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue, all of a sudden they develop food intolerances and sensitivities. And, <laughs> and, and it's so hard to get them to come to terms with that, something that they... They paid a lot of money for these things. It, it's funny. And now they're going to have to pay a lot of more money to get them removed. It, it's funny, you know, in, in engineering, especially when you in, in hydraulics, we discussed biofilms all the time. And I was amazed when you and I first started talking about it that in the medical community it was almost not even mentioned. Not, I've never heard biofilm in my, in my medical school training. You know, and from an engineering aspect, you always look at, you know, what do we need to mitigate biofilms in this hydraulic system, because it's it, a biofilm. For the you don't know, it is a it's a complex. I, I call it a tapestry. It's it, it's sometimes it's it's, it's a matrix. It's a of matrix all types of, of, of heavy sacrides. Yeah, and heavy metals and the polysaccharides and calcium ions and all kinds of things. And in our guts, it it hides back bad bacteria. You know, we've had people, we, we know they have C. diff and you'll test Lyme them. Disease. Yeah, well, we know they have Lyme disease or C. diff and you'll test them. Doesn't show up. Test them. It won't show up. You do a di- uh, biofilm disruption. Then test them. It shows up. It shows up. And when you look at something like titanium, which is 
very inert. It is. It does not react. Even that has problems. And with biofilms. With biofilms. Compare and contrast that to a soft, uh, a breast that is made to be soft. It has a, I'm not going to call it porous, but it's not, it's not as smooth as titanium. No, not at all. So it has all these little crevices for things to form. Mm -hmm. It's almost perfect for a biofilm. Yeah. If it'll form on a titanium hip. It will form on a breast implant. And when that, I'm telling you folks, when they put those hips, they do everything. And let's to, talk about, while we're on this topic, dental. Hidden infections are a big cause of immune dysregulation. I almost forgot this one. Um, but you can have them in your GI tract, like we just talked about with biofilms that are actually covering up these hidden infections mm -hmm. um, that you can't really detect on a lot of tests until you disrupt the biofilm and expose it. But the same thing happens with a lot of dental procedures as well. In right. fact, um, a friend of mine um, just had, that was the source of her, um, she, she, she had knee swelling. And now that she's had that corrected, she went to see a biological dentist in the Farmington area in Northwest Arkansas who, um, who helped her, mm -hmm. got rid of the infection. Um, and now her knees are not swollen and she can actually feel her kneecaps. This is the problem with silo medicine. Silo medicine, you know, I only focus on, you know, the endocrine system where I'm a GI doctor. Dentist, dentists understand biofilms better than anyone. When you don't brush your teeth at night, you wake up in the morning, you have that film on your teeth. A that's a biofilm. So that's that's just beginning. It's it's easily disrupted with a little more mechanical app, uh, motion. So they understand. They understand how hard it is to treat infections because an infection that is deep in a tooth is almost impossible to treat with an antibiotic. So they're super cognizant of it, but they're only focusing here. Our friend who had the uh, root canal. And uh, root canals are notorious for having hidden infections, and in fact. Um, Dr. Carnahan, she's a functional medicine doctor in, in Boulder, uh, but she says when you know when her patients aren't getting better, she starts looking in the mouth. Right. You know, and but we ask about dental procedures and and foreign objects in your body right off the get go. You know, we we crawl up your <laughs> to find out everything we can about you. Yeah, because that could be the smoking because gun. Because that could be one of the smoking guns. So it's. You know, this is the problem with silo medicine, and we often get asked, you know, what type of doctor is functional medicine a specialty? It's like, no, it's a way of thinking. It'd be great if dentists were functional medicine dentists. There's a, they are, there are functional medicine dentists. Some. Thank Could, goodness. Because they could immediately, okay, you're still feeling bad. I'm going to triage you over here because I know you have a, you, we've done root canals and they've been problematic, but no one does that. The dentist, you know, it's all right here. And, and the biological dentists are great because they know how to remove those, those silver mercury fillings that a lot of you still have in your mouth because they were placed there when you were young and they were still using those. And they've just been kind of slowly off-gassing and decaying mm -hmm. over time and just um, providing a source of mercury, a heavy metal. Um, my brother's a dentist okay. and he will still argue this point. Even though we show him the latest research, it shows that it's... I was told that the... the are doctors so close-minded? Oh no, and Bill is so smart. But he still, he just, he does not, he does not think it's a big deal. He's like, well, no, we were told that, you know, it's minimal. And it's like, Bill, I'm telling you, our patients who have, you know, mercury fillings have elevated mercury levels. It's almost like the more educated you are, the more close-minded you are. Because how dare, I'm so smart. How can I ever be fooled? It's almost like that mentality. I think that's good. I, I, first of all, I might have gone to medical school, but I, very well aware of the fact that I don't know that much. <laughs> De <laughs> you know? Denial that you've been fooled 
And there's, there's a couple different ways of fooling someone is to lie to them is one way of fooling them. But someone who refuses to accept the truth is another way of deceiving someone. And that's where so many people are, whether it's doctors and I look at what's going on in the world today. There's just a lot of people in denial. There's so many facts out there pointing to other truths. And like, no, no, this is what I see. But it just seems like... So it's human nature is what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's a flaw in us. Yeah, I think it's one of ego and pride. And like, I'm way too smart to be fooled. And, and I've looked at the research. Oh, the research provided by the pharmaceutical company? Okay. Well, well folks, what does that have to do with weight gain? We're talking about upstream things. That... You know, and, and, for, and just information in general. But to walk them through that if you had uh, a breast implant that was causing endocrine options, what affects your thyroid, now we're at weight loss or weight gain. Right. So that's how we're saying, folks, when you say the, the toxic the, the load. toxin exposure, endocrine dysfunction, weight gain. It messes up your hormones, weight gain. Yeah. Your gut issues. Gut to issues. Toxins can uh, affect your gut, too. They affect everything in your body. Because they mostly they impact a lot of the, the, the mitochondria that are in every cell of our body except red blood cells. So the secret to weight loss is you have to look at everything. And it's not as overwhelming as it seems. It really is. To look at everything means to go further upstream. It gets really complicated downstream. You have all these different isms and itises. And I don't know what to do. This is crazy. There's so much to do. Back up. Sleep. Good food. <laughs> Remove right. toxic exposures. You've done a lot of it. And, and these are, you know, it can get more complicated than that. But th It's a place to start, but though. But this is the place to start. And this takes care of most people's problems if you allow enough time. Right. Okay? But no one wants to, with weight gain, they never wants to focus. They want to do... They, they, want, want, it all, they, want, to, they want it all in 30 days. You know, I'll, and, do, I'll do a colon cleanse and I'm going to do this. And anything grasping at straws to get immediate weight loss as opposed to... Fixing that car so it'll drive fine. Yeah, you would think that they would just put in a little bit more extra effort and let's make this a long term. It's actually less effort if you'll go further upstream. Yeah. Those things are, it's so much easier to address things upstream mm -hmm. than it, downstream. It's amazing what, what can happen, especially for weight loss when you just start addressing gut health. Mm -hmm. That right there is so important when it comes to weight loss. We'll talk more about that, but I think we probably need did, to wrap did we, it up. Did we even get into gut health on this one? We, we, I think we missed that on our very first one when we were talking about diet. I had gut health written down. Let's just go, because that is everything. Yeah, your gut health. So your gut is your immune system. You need to start thinking about it like that. When, uh, you know, some people say 65, some people say 70% of your immune cells lie along your GI tract for a reason. Um, 95% so of your serotonin? 95% of your serotonin and dopamine are made in your GI tract. So there's a lot going on there. And you have this thing called the GI microbiome, which is directly, is directly impacting all kinds of, of systems and functions in your body. And it's, and it's directly ta it's talking to your brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so those those microbial habits play a huge role, huge role in your metabolism. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have to make sure that we're taking care of them, and we're not. And if your gut's not, if it if it's if it's permeable, it's causing inflammation. It's systemic inflammation. Inflammation causes everything we just talked about. Right, and so um, you've got and there's lots of things that impact your gut health other than what you put into your mouth. See, everybody wants to reduce back to stress, it. back Every, to sleep. Everybody back to, wants to reduce it into food. Food is important. Yes, I get that. It's your medicine, or it can be your poison. But there's a lot of other things that must be considered when you're addressing weight loss. I mean, 
Antidepressants are such a big deal when it comes to weight gain. It's notorious for weight gain. And I, I love, to me, this is one of the biggest, I, I love looking at how wrong a pharmaceutical is. Most of these pharmaceutical um, antidepressants and what they're doing in, in these, some of these serotonin uptake inhibitors, they're dealing with the 5% of serotonin that's produced in your brain and ignoring the 95%. It's like, how flawed is that logic? I have two different areas I could work on. One where 95% of my serotonin is made, or I could work on where 5% is made. And they all concentrate here, and yet the downstream effect of those, of those pharmaceuticals are weight gain. But they never even under, like, okay, all right, I'll give you this. Your, your, your neurotransmitter levels are messed up in your head, all right? That's what they want to say. Why? Mm -hmm. Why is it? Can you please tell me that? And in fact, we now, it's inflammation that's causing a lot of your depression and anxiety. Yeah, you're going to see some neurotransmitter imbalances, but that's not the root cause. It's almost like you shouldn't even look at anything with your health until you are sleeping well, managing your stress, eating better. Then we can start seeing, people come to us, that are, they're so messed up and they want to know what's wrong. It's like, hey, I have no idea because you're doing so many things wrong, but we need to clear the smoke. They, by want, they, want, to, they want us to, to they almost want us to name it something again. Because they're in that mentality of the allopathic model, which is name it and treat it with a pill. And they think that by going natural or some magic herb or this, and we always like, no, no, it's, some of this is, most of this is common sense, lifestyle things. And then what we're left with is pretty easy to manage, or at least to identify. But even the common sense things, there's a lot of bad information out there on the common sense things. Well, we hit upon a little bit earlier in this, in this podcast with the stupidities of, of people who are just so dogmatic about this particular diet. Okay, which we're going to talk about next. I cannot wait. Okay, let's uh, end it here. Okay. Because we're just going to keep rambling like we always do. And uh, that's it for now. And we're gonna have our next podcast is gonna be on just breaking down uh, the the diet nonsense, diet the magic diet, diet stupidity. Yes. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Facebook, um, Instagram. We have self care is the new health care on Twitter. You can follow us there. Mm -hmm. YouTube is Amy Beard MD. YouTube also you can watch this and not and also the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Self-care is the new health care. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't smoke no blood, man. I don't do no drugs, man. It angers up that blood, man, so I don't do no drugs. I just take pack sales and Dopamine, Demerol, Lexapro, Tylenol, Vicodin, Lyric.